What defines crazy? One way Urban Dictionary defines crazy is someone who will go against the rules. A person who acts in a manner that normal society does not approve of. We would add that crazy can be defined as enigmatic, meaning mysterious or speaking in riddles, often misunderstood. God tells us in Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet even though he is enigmatic, he tells us in seven places in scripture that if we seek him, we will find him when we search with all of our heart. Journey with us as we seek him and explore the evidence that confirms God be crazy. Hey guys, welcome back to God Be Crazy. Sorry we uh, missed y'all last week. Um, we took a little break. It was unplanned and unannounced. So we're glad to be back with you guys now. And um, Bonnie and I were having a conversation about uh, God's goodness. Yes. And the Holy Spirit impressed upon us that we should probably be recording this conversation because he wanted us to share with you. Right. The episode starts in the deep end of the pool, which is kind of how we roll, as you may have figured out if you've been listening. It opens with me sharing a very specific way that God revealed his sweetness to me in the ordinary, just mundane routine of life. On that note, welcome to episode 13. You were asking me where God is and how he shows up in his goodness how his goodness shows up in my life. In all of our lives. Like, in all of our lives, yeah. Like you were saying about Mary, and yeah. he, meets, he meets you where you are. Yes, he meets us right where we are, and he speaks our language. He says the things, uses the language, uses the approach that, yes. that speaks to our hearts. Um, every time I have to leave my children... Because I share raising them with my ex-husband. Every time I have to leave them for the longest time since that has been my life. Every time I leave. Every time I drop them off. Every time they go into somebody else's care. Doesn't matter who it is. I just cry out. I say, my babies. (laughs) Please be with my babies. Protect them. It's the meditation of my heart constantly. Every day, I'm, I'm very clear about it, but it's constantly on my heart. Lord, be with them. Put your spirit all over them. Put angels around them. Prompt them um, to know good and evil. Prompt them to be wise and be discerning. And it is, it is a, a cry of my heart. So sometimes I don't have to break down that whole prayer to him. I just cry out my babies. And so one day I'm I'm cooking dinner. And I'm at the stove stirring. I don't even know what I was making. But I'm at the stove stirring and I hear, I got your babies. <laughs> it was very unexpected. I don't know that I was... Even praying at the time, I was probably just in thought, who knows, but (sighs) he just speaks 
in my regular life <laughs> at the stove in my regular everyday mundane life he comes to me and he uses those words i got your babies oh, and it just i just poured tears i was like oh my god that's my language that's what i say you're you're using my language because he hears us because he hears every single thing i say in and outside of my head and he knows. And so he doesn't come to me and say, I'm going to take care of your children. Do not worry. <laughs> he uses my words. And he doesn't tell you that they're not going to have any hardships or they're not going to suffer. Right. And I, because I know they are. I know that free will is a thing and it's not going away. And that's the order of the earth. And there are things that are going to happen to them. There are things that are going that I can't protect them from that he can't protect them from because of the way that he has ordered the world this is a fallen world and not that he doesn't have the capability to right but he's not going to interfere in certain things right because he gave us free will and that like you said that is the order of the world that we live in yeah yeah but he came to me at the stove unexpectedly and says i got your babies And I have meditated on those four words every single time I'm scared, every single time I worry for my children or I'm concerned about certain things. I go back to that like I want to be able to take care of them all the time and do what's best for them all the time and in every situation. And I don't have that ability. And really none of us as parents have that ability Mm -hmm. because they you can't just, you know, keep them in one room for the rest of their lives right. and and you you've got to expose them to this world their faith has to be tested their they they have free will they get to choose you can't impress that upon them and force them into being who you want them to be and making the decisions you want them to make they have that free will too and that free will is a little scary for parents who want their children to choose the right way all the time, you know, yeah. but knowing we're raising little sinners, um, they're not going to do that. And so it just reminded me like, I love your kids more than you as much as you love them and as much as you think of them and as much as you pray f- over them. I love them more than that. And I am with them and I got them. I got your babies. Oh, and I would encourage anybody who does not see the hand of God in their suffering or their sadness or prayer, you know, does not see the response. We may not always see it. There are some things I pray over that I don't, I don't get like a sudden lightning bolt of, of heaven into my eye, you know, into my head. It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes it does. And he's been so good to me to show me so many things in so many ways where he is incredibly <laughs> responsive and specific but it doesn't always happen like that and whenever there's a silence when you're begging god for something and or there's a wait mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 hard it's easy in our in our emotions and in our distress to go where where are you good you know in my sadness i don't hear you yeah. i don't I don't feel you. 
I feel alone or I feel scared or I feel tired or I feel weary. Oh my goodness. I talk to people all day long and hear weary, suffering stories, trauma, intense, complex, ongoing, never ending, it seems, trauma. And when they say like, I don't see where God is, I'm like, I get that. I mean, so it's so important. It's, it is it is critical. It's to bathe in God's goodness as much as you can in the good and in the bad. Because if you don't meditate on what the truth is, when your emotions kick your butt, when your emotions are in the gutter, whenever you are feeling the, the, the depth of human pain, it is hard to remember when you are deeply grieved that God is good. And so we must meditate on what that truth is. You know, especially like we, as a society, where we're at right now in our world, we are used to getting answers. We're used to getting things quickly, and we're not used to having to wait on answers. And sometimes we we will be in a season of waiting. And I've thought to myself several times, like, how am I long? How much longer, God, do I have to wait mm-hmm. for this to end or this to be different? And then. I always, I always get flashes of, like, Noah built the ark for 120 years. Uh-huh. Can you imagine waiting for your answer or waiting for something for 120 years? Yeah. They literally stood walking, or not stood, they walked the desert for 40 years for the promised land. And we're over here like, God, it has been months. You or, know? Year, like, or years. Or even. a year. Like, like, oh or a year goodness. or two. Or yeah. some of us, sometimes, and I've been guilty of this myself, sometimes, God, it's been a week. Like, I haven't heard from you. A week. Mm-hmm. You know? And I know. In that, like you said, I think we have to go back to what we know is truth. What feels good in the present moment or what it feels like walking out whatever or waiting for, or the trauma, or the hurt, or the grief, or the loss. Walking that out isn't easy, but in order for us to find a place where we can trust, fully trust God, yeah. we have to go back to the truth of who God is. Yeah. And that that's plain and simple. God is good. Mm-hmm. Everything He does is good. Mm-hmm. He is love. Mm-hmm. And we have a hard time as human beings comprehending oh, that kind of love because we don't love that like that. And we don't see it here. No. Like, you don't experience God's love anywhere in any relationship here. Not to the degree. It does not exist. I hear all the time. I, I do couples work. I, I work with couples, have been for, gosh, I don't know, 17-ish years. And I hear from... Every, I don't know if I've ever had a couple not talk about unconditional love. And like, you don't unconditionally love me. I just want to be like, not capable. Are you ever, no human being is capable in a romantic relationship of unconditionally loving, but not real here. I don't think that anybody's not even just in a romantic relationship. Oh, me too. We are not capable I agree. of unconditional love. And you if you really are truly honest with yourself and you examine that within yourself, 
pray about it, think about it. Look, look at your own life. Mm-hmm. Even if you say, "Well, I love my kids unconditionally," doubt you do. No, you don't. It's just that that kid has not done that series of things that would trip you up so bad you wouldn't want to talk to them. Anytime someone says, or we have said, because I think every human, if you've lived enough life, have said this, I love you, but I don't like you right now. Yeah. What that translates as is, I... I know that I do have love for you somewhere, but in this moment, I cannot express it to you. What that means is love, the verb, the action, you cannot access in that moment. When your kid says or does that thing, I mean, let me tell you, if your child repeatedly lies to you, cheats, steals your money, burns your house down, I mean, you haven't experienced what your child could do. Talk to some parents Mm -hmm. Of, of abuses another yeah. kid of yours yeah. or a cousin or a family member mm-hmm. or kills someone or shoots up a school or yeah. like you haven't experienced maybe the thing that would make you go oh I'm not feeling love towards my kid right now but if you're really honest even in some of the the minor things we get frustrated with our kids for much smaller things than murder obviously right. that's not something every parent has to experience is having to deal with um, a, a a child who has harmed someone on a massive scale. You know, the parents well, and who... And have... basically, we use that extreme of an example because what we're saying is that your kid hasn't done the thing. Yeah. Or not just your kid, but anyone. Anyone. They haven't done that one thing. Or that, multiple things. Or multiple things. Whatever it is that trips your trigger enough to, uh-huh. get, to pull away. Uh-huh. But if we're honest... And we're around someone long enough. You be around someone long enough, they'll eventually do something. Yeah. That gets you. Yeah. And every intimate relationship we have, every, the truth, unfortunately, it's true. Everyone we let into our hearts in an intimate way is going to hurt us either ignorantly, mm-hmm. unintentionally, yep. making mistakes. Or they will repetitively, in pattern-like form, gut us. It will happen. And if you don't think it's going to happen, risk loving someone. Because it's going to happen. Yeah. And then God (laughs) impresses upon us as believers. If you are sold out to the Lord, if you have committed your life to the Lord, it's it's one thing for God to ask you to love your enemy or to pray for those who persecute you and spitefully speak against you. Mm It's one thing for him to ask us to love people who make mistakes, who um, a one-off hurt us or say something unkind. It's another thing when God says, you know that person who killed your kid? You know that person who abused you repetitively, consciously, knowing what they were doing? They did it over and over and over. You're going to love them. (laughs) You know, the the person who in pattern-like form repetitively harms you explicitly with full consciousness that that is a high ask you know we've talked about hesed love before the lord loves us he is the only one that can purely love us unconditionally i love you in spite of your depravity of Mm -hmm. your ongoing pattern like sin we do this to god we abuse god (laughs) We do this to God the same. Anyone who has been repetitively and strategically acted against, abused, harmed um, in any kind of way, 
The same thing that has happened to you, I'm sorry to tell you, it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. Get ready. You do that to God. We do that to God. We routinely do sin despite our efforts. We have to continuously come to Him and repent. Something that comes to mind as you're talking about this is people that are raised in church that are brought up in a strong Christian household that are taught core Mm. Christian values and beliefs that are taught the Bible and taught the importance of prayer and Mm -hmm. fasting and all those things. Like even those people are still sinners. Mm -hmm. And I can just hear in my mind because I've heard people say it before you know, I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in church. I grew up with the Bible. I I'm I've been to church. Trying to and, do you know, good. I go to church every time the doors open. Mm-hmm. I I go knock on doors, or I I feed the homeless at Thanksgiving, or like all these things. They're given their list of all the reasons why they're good, and those things are great that you do nice things for people, but. The scriptures say that we were born into sin. So there is nobody that's a good person. It doesn't matter if you are have, have done all these things. Inherently, you are born of sin. You're evil. Inherently. We're evil. That is who our nature, our sin nature. That is who we are. Read Romans 7. Paul talks about his sin nature and how i think it's in 17 it says but now it is no longer i who do it but sin that dwells in me for i know that in me in my flesh nothing good dwells i know some people will probably be like well i'm not like paul like i didn't persecute christians before i became a christian like Mm -hmm. he did but The point of that is he is saying no matter what he does in and of himself, he is sinful and we are as well. Mm -hmm. That is our nature. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we change that at all is by applying the blood of Christ to our life to atone for our sin. And if we do not apply that, then we're walking around with our own flesh, our own mm-hmm. sin, our own, in our own pride saying, well, I'm a good person. I, I've lived a good life. I've done good things. No, you are not good. Nothing about you is good. And that's not to say that you walk around going, I'm a terrible person. Like right. you don't have to be an Eeyore. That's not what I'm saying. No. But your only worth, your value, what makes you good is through Christ. Yes. Period. Yes. And that's the part that I think people miss. It's not about us. It's not about what I do or what I say or about what you do or what you say. Like, we're not looking to get recognition here. If you are doing things out of pride, out of vanity, out of um, getting some recognition or trying to make a name for yourself or leave a legacy for like, listen, what matters is that you sell out to God and that you allow him 
to be the person that shines through you. Like the only way to help someone else is to lead them to Christ because Mm -hmm. you and I are just the hands and feet of Christ. Mm -hmm. He is who is good. There's nothing good in us. Yes. And Jesus said that in the red letters of your Bible. He said. I mean, he said it of himself. Mm-hmm. He said, no man is good but God. Even his, yeah, himself. It was Even, in Luke. Yes. Whenever the rich young ruler, I believe. But as Paul goes on in this, in verse 24, he says, what a wretched man am I. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you are trying to heal yourself or fix yourself, um, you can't. You are insufficient. We are insufficient to heal ourselves. There are things we can do to help ourselves, but we will not heal the evil that we will not. There's nothing you can do to become inherently good. Jesus's blood washes over you. Grace is why we receive ultimately a heavenly dwelling beyond this life. No one is going to do anything that earns them that place there. Period. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Doesn't matter what you do. Now, if we are obedient to Christ, we love him. We are committed to him we have a heart that wants to follow Jesus, then we're repenting often. Then yeah. we're quite well aware of our our shortcomings and we're living surrendered. A surrendered right. life is a person, and, and God certainly puts favor upon people who are yes. in hot pursuit of him. Yes. That is the difference. But it's being in pursuit of God, knowing that he is the one, he is the only source by which right. you're getting life. It is not by your own deeds. It's not by yes. your own good works. It's not because you did that and you checked that box yeah, and you helped like that person. You don't you... get to take the credit for, for what right. God is doing. No way. Everything that he asks us to do on the mission field or any other part of our life, all of that one day in glory land, we will put all of that at his feet and lay yeah. it at his feet and give him the honor for doing it. It is not us that right. does any of it. It is him through us. Because we are inherently incapable of doing that. Yes, on our own. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's how we know God is good. Mm. Yes, he is. Because the Bible says God is good. And he's not a liar. Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie. Everything that comes out of his mouth is truth. He inherently, he innately cannot it's innately in his character. He is sovereign. He is always good in every situation. Yeah, Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jesus, yeah. the perfect man, the <laughs> only person who's lived on this earth and didn't sin, says, no one is good. Not even himself. He is not good. Only good is God. Mm-hmm. That means he's good even when he disappoints. Mm-hmm. Even, even when, when you think he disappoints. Ever, right. Because right. ultimately it's our perception of what's happening. It's our feelings it's of our, disappointment. Yeah. I prayed for this and God did not answer the way I wanted. And we have this lie I just want to bust right through. I've been sitting on a soapbox for years inside of my mind about this. When I hear that song, that Garth Brooks song, one of God, unanswered prayers, one of God's greatest gifts, <clears throat> or unanswered prayers, 
I'm like, um, Garth, do you know our God? Because, or whoever wrote that song. Right. I know he doesn't write a lot of his songs. But the lie, it is a lie when we speak out of our mouths, God did not answer this prayer, an unanswered prayer. God answers them all, just not the way you want, in the time you want, the way you want. God listens every single time. He listens when you're not, he listens all the time. The, 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 his ears are always attuned to you. Yeah. And everyone else. It blows my mind when someone comes into my office or a friend shares a story and they're talking about how God is moving in their life and how like all up in their business he is. And I'm like, he's all up in my business. He is like, we're just two people and we are just blown away at all the things he's doing and, and orchestrating in our lives. We're two people on the planet right now. Never mind all of the people that have ever lived here and all the people that ever will live here and all the people that are living here right now and he's all up in their business. How do you do it, man? You're crazy. You're amazing. God. You're God. So when I hear this this lie of, um, you know, God didn't answer that or, you know, I guess, you know, thank God for that unanswered prayer. I'm like, no, thank God for the prayer he answered in a different way. Yes. And I want to go back for just a second to the God being the only one that's good. Mm, okay. You know, in that specific context, and I was talking about how, you know, some people think that, you know, since the way they were raised and the way they behaved, and that they've never done any major thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's another thing to touch on. <laughs> that major thing. That, yeah. that makes me giggle, just like you just did. Like the you just hierarchy. laughed. Because in God's eyes, sin is sin is sin. Your lie is just as bad as their murder. Mm-hmm. With the exception of blasphemy, all sin is sin. Mm-hmm. And specifically when God is giving him, or when Jesus is saying, nobody's good but God. Mm-hmm. Nobody's good but the Father. Right. When he is saying that, he is talking specifically to the rich young man. The rich because man. the rich young ruler. Yeah. Because he is saying... You know, I've done all of these things. I've kept your laws. I've done these things. Like, I've followed it since I was a little since kid. Since I was a little kid. This is what I've, I've done all these good things. Yeah. And God's like, sorry, but nobody's good except for God. So if this is, this is what you want, then do this. And he asks him to do something that's incredibly difficult for him because God knows each of our hearts. And he asks him to sell all his possessions and give away his money. And then he'd be good. And the rich young ruler walked away sad because he knew he couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same for us. If he asked me to get rid of all my stuff, I'd be like, dude, done. Because no I don't care about my stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not where my heart lies. So he asks me to do other things. Mm-hmm. He comes to each of us. He knows all of our hearts. He knows all of um, the little, the little things, he knows each little detail about you. Mm-hmm. He knows what's true of your heart and what's mm-hmm. pure. And any impurity in there, he's going to search that out. And if you really are earnestly seeking him and giving him your all, and if you're sold out, he'll show you those things where you mm-hmm. need to fix. And just like the rich young ruler, you too will have a choice to make. Yeah. Do you lay down the things? That that you hold value, that you hold is so important. Mm-hmm. Do you lay those things down and give it all to God? 
Or do you hold on to that and walk away sad because you can't do that? Mm -hmm. Or do you allow yourself to believe that you have laid down all those things and that you're good with God and going to heaven while still holding on to something and everybody else in your life may not know that you're holding on to that. Mm -hmm. But you allow yourself to believe that lie that you're okay even though you know in your heart that you haven't given everything, you aren't doing the things that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And the people that are in your life may not know that, but you know that and God knows that. And it mm-hmm. breaks my heart to think that there's a reason that the scripture says that when we stand before God in judgment, that there will be people that say, Lord, Lord. Those people are the people that, that think that they're fooling somebody here. Mm-hmm. They're the people that think Oh, I'm a good person. I've done all these things. But they're holding on to whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that thing is for you. I can only speak for me. I know what the thing is for me. And I work on it every day. I'm giving it to God. I'm like, "Mm -mm, I don't want to be standing there on that day saying, Lord, Lord, like I knew you. I did. I did everything you asked me to do. And he says, depart from me for I never knew you. Because you didn't lay down the thing that he's telling you, you have to lay down. It's not going to be the same for everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. It's important to recognize that because if it were, yes, the scriptures say all you have to do is is believe in God, repent, and do these things. But if you really read the scripture, really study the scripture, you are surrendering your life to him. That is what he wants. Surrender your life to him. Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you're not sure how to turn it into reality? You need Ready, Set, Podcast. They make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help record, edit, and publish your idea. They have prices to fit any budget and options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. So if you have an idea, reach out to them for a free consultation on their website or social media at www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. All the things in competition with me must die. What you wanted for your life has to be laid down. What you desire, your sinful nature, what you get, where you derive pleasure that is sinful, every bit of it. And the thing that the enemy is so good at and has had thousands of years to cultivate is how to whisper to us, oh, that, that's not really important. That, that little thing is not going to keep you from Everybody heaven. does that. Everybody does that. You're better than so-and-so. I mean, look at them. I mean, You're yeah. doing pretty good compared... That is one of the things I hear a lot that I am, uh, I mean, I, I know we are all guilty of it. Yeah. And we do this, social media promotes it all the time. If you look at anybody's life who is better than yours, you're going, my life is not as good. You know, you can look at any poster or, or picture or story and go, oh, I wish I had whatever and look at and, and feel insecure. But on the up opposite, I think we also look at someone struggling or you hear if you are honest with yourself, whenever you hear someone's life not going well, and it's going worse than yours, you go, oh, well, at least, at least this I'm, is not, happening, I, that's to not happened to me. Or yeah. you see someone stuck in their sin in a public way. I mean, it's hard to hide drug addiction. It's all over your body and your face. It's hard to hide whenever, you know, you have to leave town because you have some major issue. People know something's going or if on. Or you get caught in your sin, mm-hmm. you get arrested or you get... Like you it's said, public. you lose a job or 
a the, relationship. The consequence or, becomes yeah. public. It's, you know, and so now everybody knows. But whenever that happens, it's easy for us to go, um, oh, I'm, I'm not stuck there. So it makes you feel better about your specific right. sin. Well, at least it's not that, you know. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Listen, there is no hierarchy of sin where you meet the Lord and he goes, well, let's look at the rubric. You know, let's see how, well, you were at a 10 of sin that day. That sin was pretty, you know, what happened with this? You know, what he he sees is either you're covered by the blood of Jesus or you're not. Whether you make it or not, you're covered by the blood of Jesus or you're not. The rich young ruler couldn't do what God asked him to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to tell you, there's there's something in all of our lives, mm-hmm. maybe multiple things for some, some, that we're holding on to. What is that thing? Be honest with yourself and be honest with God and ask him to show you and ask him to help you lay that down, mm. to draw closer to him and to give it to him because we are imperfect. But he loves us perfectly because mm-hmm. he is good. Mm-hmm. He is a good father. That that fa- father is such a tainted word. You know, uh, there's so much trauma that people endure at the hands of their earthly father. And it, it's a perfect little um, set up by Satan. You know, the people closest to us that raise us, if your primary caregivers and especially father has been such a tainted word that if our earthly fathers hurt us, we can never imagine that our, our heavenly father could be any different than that. But when I read through the Bible in 2010 in chronological order, I, w- I committed that year, like, I am going to do this. And whenever I set, this is how I work. If I set an intention, and the Lord knows me, I go back to <laughs> strumming my pain episode, you'll hear. When I set an intention, whenever I agree to do something, I do it. You set your will. I set my will. My will was set. And it was the Holy Spirit's prompting, read my word and study my word. And so in 2010, I committed, I'm going to read this chronologically through, I'm going to study it, and I'm going to look for what the truth is, not what I've been fed in church, not what so-and-so told me, not how I've been raised. I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to read the words with the Holy Spirit leading me to truth. I want to know um, what, I want to know each and every nook and cranny of this and see what the Lord has to say to me. And one of the big takeaways that I was, uh, that I got, especially in the Old Testament, you know, because the Old Testament for, I mean, it's hard to read sometimes, you know? Yeah. But I read it in chronology. the gods. <laughs> yeah. And all the geneal- ge- yeah. genealogy. And I mean, you get lost in the laws and there are different places. But if you, if you persevere through the parts that are a little <laughs> bit more uncomfortable, what I started to see is that this book specifically uh, the Old Testament, but especially the whole story of the Bible, beginning to end in the scriptures. Um, It's a parenting book. I started to see, this was prior to me becoming a parent, but I thought, this is a parenting book. I am seeing the character and the nature of who God is. If you want to know who he really is, read his word, how he interacts with people, in this is how he's interacting with us now that mm-hmm. you're just unaware of. So the the parenting, but you're uh, he allows the ones he loved the most, his set apart nation of Israel. He loved them and set them apart, but still allowed them to suffer for their sin. He's 
God promised Moses the promised land, but he never got to set foot in that land. Yeah, he didn't get he to. He only got to view it. You know, he was punished for his sin, even as he's the father of this nation. And he, he led them to the promised land. And didn't get to receive it. Didn't get to it. go in. He, because he was disobedient to he God. He was disobedient. And he's he's in the, you know, the faith hall of fame. He's a father. We, we all. So essentially, he had consequences for his yes. actions. And we too have consequences yes. for our actions. Yes. And about the parenting, as you're talking about, like. It shows you that your kids need to be disciplined, even if it's hard to do. And we have to be disciplined. So we should not despise the Lord's discipline because he yes. disciplines those he loves. loves. If, if you are being disciplined for your actions, if you have consequences for your sin, don't look to God and go, why am I blah, 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 grumbling and suffering? He loves you. Blessed is the man who is who is dealing with the consequences of his sin this side of heaven because woe be the man who thinks he has it good and gets to yes. meet the Lord on the day of judgment and finds out, whoa, buddy, you are not who you think you are and you're about to find out in the, yeah. in the hardest kind of ways. We must discipline our and instruct our children and correct them in love. Yeah. In love, that's the way he does it. He has firm Boundaries and consequences, yeah. and r- there's rules, and there's a purpose behind them, whether or not we see it. Right. And there are consequences when we don't follow that. There are also consequences when we do. Yeah. We get to share in like a delightful, wonderful bond with each other. Whenever you love other people, guess what? You have loving relationships. You're more likely to attract people who are similar to you if you are acting in love. You'll meet more people who are in that same, you, like attracts like, as I say, you know. But um, it's not just, it, it's, a, it's a prompting for me to, to raise my kids in the same way. I am to love them while I hold firm boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it hurts me to watch my kids hurt because of the discipline that I may have to give them. I think it's important also that we bring up not just... Um, discipline our children disciplining children and our children and such but to ourselves also like we we can read this book and learn to reparent even ourselves yes. if you did not have parents that that disciplined you and raised you in the lord and that taught you these things and corrected you in love you can read the scriptures and ask god to to do that for you and with you and be your father and he will show you mm-hmm. where in your life those things need to change, what you need to lead, lay down, and how, you know, we have to discipline even ourselves. Like, and I say that to mean this, like, there are certain things that we are to stay away from. The Bible says that there are certain things, and sorry, but if you're here on this earth, sometimes those things that we're to stay away from, they're fun. They feel good. They often we are. Do That's them. what they are. <laughs> but... If we are walking with God, we will refrain from doing those things. Mm -hmm. And part of those choices in doing those things is being disciplined enough to say, God says no. And even though I want to do that and it feels good and it looks fun and it looks good, I'm not going to do that because he loves me and he told me that I'm not to do that. Right. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. Yes. It is a sign that God is working in your life when you don't do what 
feels good to you or is culturally, I mean, there are lots of things that are, are accepted even in conservative Christian cultures. Like we accept certain, certain behaviors are just normal. Getting drunk at a football game is like, I'm sorry, there's a lot of Christian people who get wasted at football games because that's what you do. You drink and you drink beer and watch football. And sometimes you get a little more intoxicated than you should. That's most people in our culture, especially we live in the Southern U.S. Mm. I mean, that, that is, that's not abnormal. It's not considered crazy, you know, premarital sex, you tell someone you're celibate for the Lord and they look at you like you've got 18 eyes, yeah. you know, but that is what we're called to do. We're not called to engage in sinful, lustful, na- right. like have sex with whoever you want to, however you want mm-hmm. to, whatever feels good to you. We're to rein that in. He said, sex is awesome. I made it, but I made it for a distinct purpose and distinct covenant relationship between a husband and a wife. Outside of that... It's not good. Outside of that, it's going to hurt you. Outside of that, there's going to be consequences, consequences. And there will be consequences even if you don't experience them fully. Because right. Satan is awesome at getting us to feel great about sinning and getting us to normalize well, our sin. Well, and that's the thing, though. If he can just make you look around and go, oh, well, so-and-so does it too, and they're, they're good, or uh-huh, they're, they're still getting blessed, or... Like, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Our eyes are not meant to be on each other. (laughs) Our eyes are supposed to be on Christ. And if they truly are on Christ, then we want what he wants. We want to please him. We want to be like him. Mm -hmm. We want, we we have a heart for God and the things that God desires. Mm -hmm. And come on, y'all. We're not saying that we're perfect and we walk this out perfectly. We don't. I don't know anybody that does. Mm -hmm. That was Jesus. And he's not here anymore. But we are to strive for those things. Yes. So, yeah, if you see me out and about, don't be surprised if you see me at some point do something wrong. I'm still human. But know that when I do, God's going to get a hold of me. And he's going to say, listen, sister, you know that ain't what you're supposed to do. And Mm -hmm. I want to be like, you're right, God. And I have to repent. And I may have to tell some people. To their face, listen, I screwed this up. Mm -hmm. That's okay because I want to be who he wants me to be. Mm -hmm. And if that means I eat crow a lot, that's okay because I'm human. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I just know that I'm going to strive every day to Mm -hmm. be who God wants me to be. That's, Mm -hmm. That's... the best I can do. We are. That's all we can do because we are, as as we said, inherently evil. Mm-hmm. We will always, no matter what, have that part of us that desires fleshly things to serve ourselves. One thing, though, as we say this, don't go, oh, yeah, well, that's the best I can do. You know, I'm human. Uh-uh. If you have that attitude, you're already in the wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you should always be broken. When you come to Christ, like, you should be broken to him. Give him all your stuff. He delights in helping us. He delights in a surrendered mind, a surrendered soul that knows we are nothing. We cannot save ourselves. And the repentance, you know, I, I confess I was not, when I came to the Lord or come to the Lord, um, I don't always start with, I'm a sinner. The sinner's prayer, we don't say one time when we're making that confession before other believers and we're giving our life to Christ. 
That's a daily meditation. I recognize who I am. I recognize this pull in me Mm -hmm. that wants to come after people who hurt me. I recognize Mm -hmm. this desire to protect myself, to control situations because I'm scared. Because, you know, the Lord recently told me, the Lord recently told me my whole life, I am like, he made me a, he built me this way, like this fighter, you know, and I realize that comes from specific things that have occurred in my life. I feel this compelling desire to fight my battles for myself. (laughs) And he reminded me recently that all the times that I try to protect myself when I am relying solely on myself, those are sinful. When I am self-reliant, when I, when I rely on me, Bonnie, to fix a situation first before I go to him, that is my sinful nature. I want to be in control. I want to fix things. I don't like this. Even if it comes from a part of me that is righteousness living in me, even if it is God in me, yeah. even if it's something that would anger God. You know, if I see, when I see people getting hurt. I'm I it hurts me. I want to do something about it, you know? And it's not always my job. Right. You know? And I have to check that. I've had to repent so many times of that sin of self-reliance, and it is not a sin that I don't think anybody else um not many people would see and call a sin. You know, even just there's yeah, a whole I mean- there's there's a lot of people that would say there well there's nothing wrong with that no. you know you're you're taking initiative and you're you know God has equipped you to be a strong willed person that fights for justice and truth and you should live in that and walk in that mm-hmm. and that's partially true until you take it to the point that it's you relying on yourself and your own power instead of relying on God and then God mm-hmm. says to you hey hey sis. <laughs> Um, I'm going to need you to pay attention to what you're doing here because you're trusting in yourself and your power and your own strength and you're not relying on me and I need you to see that Mm -hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. And other people may look at you and other Christians may say, Bonnie, that's not a sin. It's a sin if it comes between you and God and if you're putting your own self and you taking care of things above needing him. Mm-hmm. It, then it's become sin for you, and that's what I'm. That's what I was talking about earlier when we were talking about what holds me is different than what holds you is different mm-hmm. than the person down the street, and that's why um, our salvation. The scriptures say, "Work your salvation out with fear, fear and, and trembling. trembling, because it's between you and God. Nobody knows your heart but you and God, and your your friends, your family, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. They may recognize things in you." And and we are to help each other along this journey, you know. But ultimately, you best make sure that your relationship is with God and that you're doing what He asks you to do. And when He brings something out in you, you know, if a friend says, Hey, you know, um, I feel like God wanted me to tell you this. And it's something that you kind of snub, snub your nose at. Like, I don't know if that fits me. It might or it might not. But... Take it to God and ask him because mm-hmm. I promise you he'll tell you one way or the mm-hmm. other. And if it does, he'll show you. Yeah. You know? And if it doesn't pertain to you, it doesn't pertain to you and you just let it go. Yeah. Because ultimately, your relationship with God is your relationship with God. 
like we've said before, you're not going to make it any other way but through him. Mom and daddy can't get you there. Brother and sister can't get you there. Husband and wife can't get you there. Friends, family can't get you there. It is between mm-hmm. you and God. And if you just ask him, just ask him. What is it? Search me and know me. I mean, yes. we say that so much. What a wonderful prayer. That is the prayer of a person earnestly seeking to know who they are and who God says they are. Because there's a difference. Our identities, what do other people say of me? Mm-hmm. What do other people see in me? Because they only see part of you. Right. No one sees all of you but God. Nobody. Nobody knows the thoughts and minds and intentions of man but the Lord who built him. And the funny thing is, in all of those things, even knowing our true intentions and our true hearts, God is still good. Mm-hmm. He still is love. And he still loves us. God is good. And he pursues us, period. All day, every day, doesn't quit. We are his greatest love. Yeah. Greater love hath no man. Mm-hmm. And to lay down his life for another. He has laid down his life and not just took a bullet. It was a pretty gruesome, traumatic, ongoing, public. Oh, it was a gruesome death. The heaviest burden that could ever be laid upon a human soul, a human body was laid upon him. And while we were yet sinners, while we were floundering around, <laughs> while we were unconcerned, while we were mocking him and persecuting him, mm-hmm. he went to the cross and died for us. It was about what was happening in that moment. He knew he was fixing to take on the sin and shame and suffering of every person that would ever walk the earth and carry that on his shoulders. You know what you feel in your saddest thing that's happened to you. Your most traumatic incident. Like, we know what that feels like for us now. You take yours and you are experiencing your worst, saddest, hardest thing. And you're a therapist. You have clients come in and share their life with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you listen to those stories and you think, man, that's a lot of things. Imagine... Every single person in the entire world that has ever been born or will ever be born. When he was praying in the garden, he wasn't just thinking, God, this is going to be rough for me. No, he he (laughs) knew what was going to happen. He knew that for every heartache and hurt that you have ever went through, for every heartache and pain and loss and hurt that I've ever went through, For every single person that has ever lived or ever would, he was fixing to bear the weight of all of that. For every person that has ever been a cold-blooded murderer and hated people, and he was going to carry that. Their anger, their hatred, their sadness, their misery. He Mm -hmm. was going to carry that all. And he knew it. That's scary. Mm -hmm. We talk about sometimes like this is just heavy. (laughs) He knows what heavy is because he literally carried it all. And so faced with what he knew, 
which was he was going to carry all that. As he's praying there in the garden, begging God, if there's any other way, let's do that. I don't want to do this, but I will if I have to. And God says, sorry, son, you know, this is the way, you know, this is it. He literally poured blood through his sweat because he knew what was coming. He didn't go into that blind. He knew what it was going to be like. That's some kind of love. You can't tell me that that is not a good God. So the choices that we make, because we live in a sin-filled world now, that is not the world that he originally created. Those choices that we make or that people around us make that affect us, that cause sadness and misery and hurt and mm-hmm. things that to come into our lives, we can't assign those things to, to God and... It doesn't take away from his character or who he is. He is still good. He is good. He is good even though we endure pain here. Even though we have hard times. Even though we are even though we can't always feel him, he you is know, still good. This this year alone has been a hard year. Mhm. You know? Um not one, not two, but three mm-hmm. cancer diagnoses I've had this year. multiple surgeries and someone in my family was talking and they were like when when is it enough you know like what what is the deal like I can't believe this is is happening like I don't understand and I I just was thinking in my head you know like I don't understand it either Mm. I don't have all the answers but I trust God and I know that there's there's purpose in all of this. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that um, God gives people cancer and all these things? I mean, sometimes our bodies are just sick. You know, sometimes our bodies are... Our DNA is our, flawed. Yeah, sometimes we're just not healthy. But in the midst of all of these trials and things that we face here on earth, we have a choice on how we live our life. And we can be examples of try to live examples of what Christ lived. Try to be gracious. Try to be... All we can do is surrender to Him. Mm -hmm. And even in all the hard stuff, you and your divorce, me and all of this medical stuff that I'm going through, like, even in all of those things, God is still good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change. None of this, none of what's going on out here changes who God is. Absolutely. It doesn't mean we will not groan in this flesh. Yeah. You know, I've been with you whenever you've gotten the news again that there is a cancer or another kind of cancer. And you're like, friend, <laughs> what in the world? Like, uh-huh. really? And I mean, you've had to wrestle with God. Like, I have. Lord you know? God Almighty, what is one cancer not enough? Uh-huh. No, two. Okay, three. What is the deal, sir? All all in the same year. I'm like, um, Jesus, <laughs> did I do it wrong the first two times? Like, are we doing this again? I and know. but but in all of that, the one thing that he constantly keeps reminding me is that he is good. And I'm like, okay, he's good. I know. God is good. 
and he shows up and gives you and I manna for that road. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You told me before cancer number three, you're like, friend, I don't yeah. know how I'm going to do this if I get this yeah, I did. I test said, back. I, I don't said know. if I get this result back and it's cancer again, I just, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that because it's so, so emotionally draining, you know, and, and it takes a toll, you know surgeries and all these things that have happened all the while we're working on the podcast we're working on the nonprofit that he has us doing and it's just hard trying Mm -hmm. to do these things and a few times I've been like how am I supposed to do all these things that you want me to do and I can't and I can't because in my mind I'm thinking about the next surgery that I have to have mm-hmm. or what this this new mm-hmm. cancer diagnosis looks like. Mm-hmm. And in all of that, the one thing that he keeps reminding me over and over is that no matter how much sickness, no matter what happens, I'm not in this alone. He is with me and I know who he is He and he's good. And... I can trust that whatever outcome happens with any of these things that are up and coming, mm-hmm. he is in control. Mm-hmm. And I know that. Yes. And I just have to give that to him. And I don't like it. And it's hard. And sometimes I have my moments like we all do because we're human. Mm-hmm. We break down and we say, God, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. There's been a few times I've been like, excuse me, sir. I what are you doing? I'm going to give you this task, but I'm going to cripple you first. Yes. And then go go run your race. I'm like, sister. you want me to do what? Yeah. You, want, you know, I can't do that if I can't get out of bed today. I know. And I know. He's like, but you're going to. I know. You're going to. And then to. whenever these things are accomplished or whenever these things are done that we don't think we could do, we are realizing that he's weakening us. So that we cannot even think yep. or get a hint that we can take credit for anything that we do. And that's that's the beauty of what he's teaching us mm-hmm. and showing us. Because it gives us this view of how, just how weak we are and just how mm-hmm. strong he is. And how mm-hmm. in our weakness is where he shines the most. Yes. He delights Therefore, we should boast in our weakness because that is when Christ's strength rests on me. When anyone comes up to us or DMs us on Instagram and talks about, oh, I'm so thankful that you're doing this podcast or this has reached me in this kind of way, we cannot say, oh, you're welcome. Yeah. We can't say that. It's we not say, us. To, thank to, God. He God heard glory. that. He knows that you needed that message and he gave that to you. Thank him. And that's our our prayer always, you know, in this Mm -hmm. this podcast and anything that we we do is that God reach people that he may not otherwise reach in, in other ways. That he uses this podcast for his glory and for his benefit, for his people. It's not about us. It's not about what we're doing or or not doing. It's about God having just another outlet to reach his people. And that's Mm -hmm. all we want to do is Mm -hmm. be who he wants us to be and say the things that he wants us to say and share our testimonies of his goodness and Mm -hmm. of who he is and invite you to have a relationship with him 
because it will be the best thing you've ever done. I'm not saying it won't be hard because it is so hard. It is. But, <laughs> but you're not walking it alone. And I promise you, the the amount of love and the relationship with him is worth is worth all of it. Yeah. Doing what he asks is not easy. It's especially not easy when you feel the weakest that that you've been in the flesh or in your in your mind. But you know, when he's asked us to tell stories, even you sharing about your cancer, that's not something you would just love to share with, you know, on a global level. No, there's a lot of my family that don't even know. Yeah. About this yeah. new diagnosis. But Yeah. But he asks and prompts us to say these things. And so whatever God is asking you to do with your life, whatever he's asking you to give up, whatever he's saying, give up your life to find me, it is a, oh, I I cannot repeat this. We will not, you will, we cannot repeat this enough. Whatever you have to lay down is worth what you're yes. getting back. You are getting a create. You are getting a relationship with the Creator of heaven and earth. You're getting a relationship with the person who loves you more mm-hmm. than anything else in this mm-hmm. world. There's no one that can love you more. Mm-hmm. You want to feel loved. Get a relationship with God. Yeah, think of how many people we pursue to get love, and we get it insufficient. Yeah. But we don't chase the one who can give it abundantly. Yes. Thanks for listening to the God Be Crazy podcast. If the message of the podcast resonates with you, please make sure to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. We also encourage you to rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. By doing this, you may help others hear the podcast as well. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or just share it the good old-fashioned way. Talk about it with the people in your life. It is our hope that you will be blessed and strengthened by the truth and crazy love of God. 